Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. And what is a ruckus maker? A leader who's found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. This is a special episode that I recorded with my friend and colleague, Justin. We have a coaching conversation around really a topic if we can use questions and reflection to help an entire staff level up their skills. So that's where we jump in first in this conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. So Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. Before we jump into this episode, let's take just a few moments to thank our show sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. It's basically like a Fitbit for teachers, helping them be mindful of teacher talk versus student talk. Get a special 20% discount for your school or district by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. If you're waiting for your district to develop you, don't hold your breath. What would you be able to accomplish if you poured jet fuel on your leadership development? Rob, a principal in North Carolina, had this to say about his mastermind experience. I have found myself trying more things because I know that I have the support from other amazing school leaders to help guide me through if I get stuck. Turn your dreams into reality and level up your leadership. Apply to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Justin, uh, thank you so much for scheduling this time to chat. Uh, I know you, you mentioned a couple of the topics you're interested in unpacking, and so uh, I'm here for you. And what's first on the list? All right. So first on the list, one thing that I'm working on uh, with with the teachers at my school is developing them into reflective thinkers. I do as an evaluator every time I go in. And one thing that I try to do is I'm trying try to be in classrooms as much as I absolutely possibly can. One thing I'm really trying to do with them is give them reflective questions every time that I come in to their class to get them to reflect on different things they're doing and different adjustments that they would need to make in their classes. One thing, you know, and this is from a a book that uh, Daniel has recommended, it's called uh, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. (laughs) I really dug into that book and, you know, it really opened my eyes to how you can use questioning to adjust the way that you think and adjust the way that you practice leadership, that you practice teaching and those different pieces. One thing I am looking to do is to get even better at asking the right questions to the teachers to get them to truly, really think. I'm just wanting more of an effect on those teachers. Like, what are some strategies that I could do to get them to look at their practice, to get them to expand on and to get them to feel empowered to try more things? Mm Mm-hmm. First, I just want to honor that, you know, you're you're, um, supporting your teachers in that way, right? And I love, you know, you talked about all the books that you've been reading uh, from recommended book lists that we put out there and the growth you've had. And so just kudos to you for digging in, which is only really like 10% of it. 
And then 90% is actually taking action. So not only are you uh, leveling up in terms of your learning, but you're putting that stuff into place, which is huge. So you're helping your teachers just by executing on that, implementing the ideas. Another book you might want to put on the list, and it's, it's already on the recommended list, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, I'm not sure which ones you've seen because I've, I've put a lot of stuff out there. But it's called, yeah. it's called The Coaching Habit. And since you're interested specifically in questions, that is like the, well, it's one of the go-to coaching question books. I read it years ago. Uh, saw the author in, in uh, the World Business Executive Coaching Summit and just was like, oh, he's awesome. And so, you know, dug in. Uh, but then when I did the Alt-MBA as a student and became an Alt-MBA coach, that's one of the books that they send all the students because uh, it's about mindset and frameworks and uh, seeing things differently. So I think you'd love the book. Awesome. That sounds great. You know, and one thing looking at those different questions and those things, and one thing that I've also really had to look at my balance. And I'm sure that, you know, looking at it from an evaluator lens and looking at it from a coaching lens, mm-hmm. um, you know, one thing, I mean, obviously when I go in, I do my, I'll, I'll do an evaluation, but I'm always very sure to leave them as descriptive of an amount of feedback as I can. Sure. And with that, including those different questions, one thing that I'll also do is, you know, I try to consider all the different learners in the classroom. I'm trying to consider your gifted advanced learners and then what you would consider your remedial learners. And I'm trying to look at what the teacher is doing for all the learners in the classroom. One thing we're looking at as a school and one area we're looking to grow is, you know, our student growth and our gifted and advanced population. You know, when you're looking at, you know, and there's different sources of data out there that you can look at to look at student growth. One of the main ones we look at, obviously, is your state testing data. And you're looking at student growth. And really, as far as student growth is measured in that regard, it could be the difference in, you know, one or two questions on a test to measure growth. You know, but I'm really looking at and really interested in high levels of rigor for our gifted advanced population, you know, because at our school, we do have a large gifted advanced population, and I'm wanting them to be more challenged. And I feel like to do that, the teachers are really going to have to step outside the box to do that. So what are some what are some ideas that I could do to encourage the teachers to step outside the box? Okay. I'm going to come back. I wrote that question down if you saw my head down and uh, mm-hmm. jotting down a note. Yeah. I want to keep going with the, the reflective questions and the capacity building of, sure. of teachers. I'm, I want to explore that with you some more. So when you're asking those kind of those questions, what do they what do they look like and, and sound like, and how are they delivered? Is that is that through like your written observation feedback? Is that face to face? I'm just curious, you know, how they get the questions, how they interact, uh, because I th- I think you mentioned too, maybe it was before we started recording that it's really working for some teachers and maybe not as effective with others, and so yes. that's that's why I want to keep exploring there before we move on. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Really, you know, looking at this, I always deliver these in terms of their written feedback. I'll usually, obviously, we have an evaluator platform that we use, Mm -hmm. but I will always put these questions in email format. And I think about that, you know, it would probably be better face-to-face and having those conversations face-to-face. I mean, it has prompted some of the teachers to 
want to meet with me face to face and we'll have really rich conversations about those things. But then I've got some that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm wanting them to explore it a little further um, just because, you know, I never get a response or the teacher doesn't ever come back to me to do that. Now, in, in their defense, I know they're really busy. I know they've got a lot going on, but that's kind of what I'm seeing. I'm wanting to have those rich conversations with those teachers about their practice and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them a lot of space, which is pretty awesome. If you want to have richer conversations with a targeted group, you can be a little more aggressive with it, right? Not, you know, physically or anything like that, but I mean, you can uh, be more proactive. Like, you know, these people, for whatever reason, haven't been as reflective. So you, I think you can do more in terms of following up and just sort of um, trying to initiate and get that discussion going. I'm very curious and, and I don't know, but some of the ones that are less reflective Busy, yes, but you said it gets sent through the evaluation tool as well. So are they the lower performing teachers or or is that mixed? You know, it, it really is mixed. Okay. It is. Um, we've really got, we've got a great group of teachers and, and, and really, you know, looking at their practice, they're all really good at what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. and they're, they're really good at different skills. I mean, but, you know, like I've heard someone say continual improvement is a must. If you get stagnant, then, you know, you're, you're going to struggle. I mean, we are, we're, we're a pretty high performing school. Right. But what I'm looking at is just wanting them to even further challenge those kids, even continue right. to dig further. So really, as far as their performance, they're all, you know, they're all either meeting or exceeding the standard. Okay. You know, one thing that we do battle, and I'm sure that, you know, you've, you've seen this as well, is you've got, you've got teachers that, you know, while some of these practices may not be bad practice, but they're older practices, they're the traditional teaching practices, they're those pieces, they're the ways that they've done it for a long time, that they feel mm-hmm. work. And it's just trying to get them to shift perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd still be uh, going around and traveling by horse and carriage. There was nothing necessarily wrong with it. People just, they didn't see the innovation of what the automobile, you know, could do for us. Uh, and so I, th- I think it's hard. So now now I'm getting clarity. I mean, to convince somebody who's meeting or in a lot of uh, respects exceeding expectations, students are achieving, well, you know, why mess around with it? Why innovate? Why try to grow and stretch and that sort of thing is is what I'm hearing. Am, am I right on that? I think you hit it dead on it. And that's something that even as a school, you know, while, um, you know, recently, you know, regardless of whatever the opinions are on state testing, and I get that, you know, we recently showed tremendous growth on our state tests. Uh, we finished very high as far as overall rankings in the state on those pieces, but it's one of those things where you're looking at what can we do better? What can mm-hmm. we do to even achieve higher for our kids? And, you know, one thing, you know, looking at that is providing, you know, more higher depths of knowledge of questioning, depths of knowledge conversations, and those kind of things in the classes. Um, so that's really, you know, you hit, you just, you nailed it. It's one of those things where I'm really trying to get the teachers to feel empowered to do those things. Yeah. You know, feel empowered to try these innovative and creative types of lessons, you know, and, and not, and really to look at 
that through the questioning that I'm giving them to get them to come to that conclusion on their own. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like if it's one thing, if I'm giving them the feedback that's correct and saying, you need to do this, this, and this, and this, then it's not as impactful as they come to that realization on their own through reflection. 100% agree. So again, this is why I love coaching because you just get to be outside of the environment and just sort of ask curious questions and uh, get more clarity about what's going on. So some of the things I'm considering is how do you and the rest of the leadership team talk about sort of this big idea of getting better? So that's that's one idea I want to put to the side. Um, two, how are you modeling it, right? So how are you challenging yourself in terms of being a high performer and wanting to get even better? You know it all in your head. I don't, you know, and do, does your faculty. So how are you modeling it or communicating it and expressing it, that kind of thing. A third one would be, where are you providing the time to do the reflection and dreaming, right? And as a leader, you might be able to force this a bit with structure, like making a meeting uh, somewhat mandatory, like, hey, come in, Justin. And during these 30 minutes, we're just, we're going to, you know, if they're not doing the reflecting on their own or writing or whatever, you can, you can again, uh, I think, push that a little bit on your own. And then sort of the last idea would be big why and small why. And so like there's the school's big why and why you exist and uh, what you're trying to do and things that you value, like these uh, depths of knowledge and critical thinking questions. Okay, that's great. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's fantastic. But that might be different than my small why. And so where I want to push you to is do you know the reason that your people get out of bed each day to come back to your school. And I'm curious what their vision, what they're excited to experiment with. Like, I think you guys probably have a lot of uh, similar desires, but you might not know potentially what it is they want to do. And if you could uncover that, right, this is a fun experiment to run and an adventure to be on. If you can uncover that why and that that idea that people want to sort of go after in their classrooms and then follow up with that. It might not be the levels of questioning, right? But if it's something connected to their heart that's good for kids, something they always wanted to do and push and stretch themselves, and you know it and you follow up and you support it and empower them in it, then I think it, it like connects to you know the quote I love that everybody wins when a leader gets better. You know, in some respects, just put an educator there. Everybody wins when your faculty, your educators get better. It's true. So I, I'm really interested in that last idea too. Daniel, that sounds fantastic. And I mean, you know, one thing that you know that resonates with me very well because it's something that is leaders we really have to do. And it's even really before I started reading the, the recommended book list and all that stuff, a book that I read, and I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, is the Start With Why book by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. That book resonated with me a lot in terms of why why I lead and why I do what I do. You know, maybe in terms of not, and I'm just thinking this out loud, this is just me brainstorming here. So, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe in terms of me not being because my intention is not to be as technical with the type of reflection questions I'm giving the teachers, but to give them the questions of why and to give them those why types of questions so that they're looking at, you know, and ask them, what is something you've always wanted to try with your kids? 
Exactly. Really taking it outside the box. And then that way, get that authentic engagement and those different pieces of different things they're going to be looking to do. Mm-hmm. Because it could be a scenario of these teachers have a lot on their plates. The ones that really aren't responding to the questions, they have a lot on their plates. And it may just be a time thing. It may be that truly they want to do these things. But it's, you know, an effort on leadership and it's effort on all those different things to give them the time to be able to. It really is. It's so rewarding to see, like, we've got, you know, a couple of teachers that I see that really have taken this to heart. And, you know, with the reduction of state testing in some of these classes, and it's been a really cool thing, they've been able to try a lot more project-based learning and a lot more of those types of things that will incorporate choice into the lessons. And it is amazing to go into these classes and just see the level of engagement, not only for the kids, but also for the teacher and just Mm -hmm. the overall happiness of the teacher in the room when they're leading a lesson that's like that. I mean, talk about leader, social, emotional learning. That's a big impact on that as well. Mm -hmm. When you're seeing that success and and you're able to do these things that you mentioned in terms of your why, if it directly connects to that, you're automatically going to feel better about what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at OrganizedBinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. TeachFX is a research-driven app that uses artificial intelligence to give teachers feedback on the balance of teacher talk versus student talk. Their use of open-ended questions, wait time, and equitable classroom dialogue. Learn more and get a special 20% discount for your school or district by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. And I'm also curious, you know, how do you showcase what's happening in those uh, powerful classroom experiences for the rest of the faculty? So that it's not, you know, your school's best kept secret, but it's just kind of how we operate around here. And those that are curious of how you can stretch or how to innovate and and use project-based learning in the class. Like here's what Justin's doing down the hall. Like let's, um, let's showcase his classes this week and people can observe, not evaluate, but just uh, take down notes and be curious. And, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have ever done instructional rounds, but that was something that I really enjoyed doing uh, as a school leader. And then um, there's Japanese lesson study as well. So, the thing with rounds, the thing with lesson study, and I could connect this back to your desire to want to have teachers reflect as well. Just like our kids, when you put a grade on something, right? And, and you were talking about delivering the reflective questions through the evalu- evaluative tool, which isn't wrong. That's just one way of doing it. But what I do know, especially what I think with everybody, but especially high performers, they just want to see like, how did I score? And now I'm moving on. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So if you remove the grade, if you remove the evaluation and the score, and you just provide the feedback and the questions, now, now I think I'm more willing to engage and want to engage with it because it doesn't matter you know, what I scored. So that's, 
that's something to consider as well. Absolutely. No, I think that sounds great. Good stuff. Hmm. I think it connects too now with this leveling up uh, the rigor and, and um, the growth of your, your gifted and uh, advanced students. So I heard you guys are trying uh, PBL stuff. And so I think that is like getting back to showcasing, you know, who's doing it well. And then looking at like, how do we give more ownership to students, you know? Because a lot of times we think as a leader or as a classroom teacher that it's sort of a linear progression and here's the way that you should do it. Right. You know, for kids really to take it to the next level, they have to make mistakes and uh, be able to stretch. And that means they have to design their own path. So I'm curious, how do you guys allow kids to do that within your classes? You know, one thing that we're doing also, and just to incorporate some other pieces, um, another leader that I value a lot, um, Elizabeth Isles, she works in uh, the school with me. I'm sure, you know, she's on Twitter, uh, does an outstanding job. We've been leading a literacy initiative uh, throughout our county and uh, and especially in our school. And uh, one thing that we've been able to do with this project-based learning is really look at implementing literacy components into it as well. So we've done a lot of professional learning on literacy and how what it looks like throughout all the content areas. One thing that we're really looking at with our teachers and, and some of those different pieces is what does it look like to have an assignment, to have a project where the students are in the driver's seat, where the students are creating things where they have a lot of opportunities to choose and they have a lot of opportunities to extend on their thinking. So it really does all kind of come full circle in terms of what we're looking at our kids, you know, hopefully being able to do by the time they leave our school. Mm -hmm. So it really does all, you know, come full circle in, in looking at that. One thing that, you know, it all ties in in terms of, getting the teachers to design this type of thinking to their kids, you know, kind of referring it back to our gifted advanced population. A lot of our students in that population do great with these types of activities, but within one class, you may have students that are very knowledgeable, gifted advanced, but you may also have students that struggle. So a lot of the hiccups come in when teachers are trying to do this and they're trying to adapt it for every type of learner in the class. So, yeah, that's really where we are. Gotcha. And I, I think, too, you know, sometimes with some of these um, these innovations and risks, it's like, how can you make it a bit smaller? So maybe they don't try it with every single kid, but with a, a, a segment of kids. Right. Figure out what works there and then add some more, you know. And maybe they do that in just one class and then it goes to two classes, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I think when people hear and think about change or experiments and risk and innovation, they think, okay, and now I have to do it through every class, all my students, all the time. And if I go back to what we were talking about earlier, the traditional way of doing things, that's now wrong. So not true. What would it look like for you to try it 10% of the time? You know, what would it look like for you to try it once this week in one of your classes? And if it works and when it works, or even when it fails, how can we learn from it and then maybe expand it a bit more to other classes? So that might be another approach, you know, just to consider. Right. Well, and you hit on something there, you know, and I feel like 
even taking a bigger picture look at this, and you mentioned this earlier, talking about understanding the reason why and, you know, what are, what are the teachers excited about coming to the school and, and doing what they do, I think it's really providing the atmosphere for a teacher. And I, I know you've mentioned this a lot of times, you're talking about failures. You did the, the failure, I, I forgot how what was the name of it, the uh, failure resume or whatever it was where, you know, the leaders would go through exactly. and they would talk about those things. We've got to create an environment where teachers feel empowered to try these things without that fear of if an evaluator is in there and this flops, what's that going to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very passionate about that as well. I feel like, you know, I want for the teachers to really be able to say, you know what, I want to try this. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to adjust and I'll try something different. That's okay. That's good for our kids. And to me, that marks a good teacher being able to adjust and being able to do those things for the betterment of our kids. Yeah. So just communicate that as much as possible, you know, because folks will want to go back to that traditional paradigm that you have to be great all the time. Uh, failure is bad, et cetera, et cetera. And so how you can be vulnerable and and um, how you guys can showcase even the the biggest and best failures of the year and what we learned from them that changes culture, you know, but it, it takes, it takes your leadership and courage uh, in order to make that happen. So right. did we hit most of the ideas that you wanted to discuss today, or is there any other sort of big, big things we should noodle on? You know, I, I think this is absolutely fantastic. You know, I feel like this is a great place for me to go with this and to move, you know, in a different direction, because I think a lot of the things that you're saying applies in a lot of different ways. You know, you mentioned a lot of, you know, and a lot of, you know, the different recommended books that I've seen, you know, out there, a lot of them involve leaders doing the essential work and doing the work that matters and eliminating distractions from their days, you know, from their months and, you know, those different pieces. I think a lot of these questions that you're talking about, you know, with your big why and your small why and these different pieces really helps all the way around, not just with the teachers and getting them to grow in the areas that we're discussing, but also the different leaders in the building and getting them to focus on the essentials and their why and what their role is and what they can do to maximize impact of those around. That's awesome. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you, you scheduling this. And uh, Justin, thanks for being my guest on this uh, coaching session slash podcast episode. Um, I'm wondering for the ruckus maker who's listening, what do you think is the one big idea that they should remember from this conversation? From this conversation, the one big idea, and, and I think that you will get this from listening to this, you know, engaging in rich conversations with the people that you lead is so important. Because as leaders, we have such an ability to inspire others to try these things. It is very important to remember those pieces, as well as how we are asking those important questions to the people. That Thanks again, Justin. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, 
then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.